really got to try on that left hand side. What happened? <laughs> oh, but I've gone up and over, and Marty head over biscuit. It was a, uh, it was, a, it wasn't enough stability there for myself. But um, no, I was busting for a bit to make this game. It didn't seem to work out. Hello, cheers, and welcome, welcome once again to the Scrum of the Earth podcast, the podcast that brings you news, results, analysis, cracking interviews, and lots of other great stuff as well. You are currently listening to a mini bonus episode, which is something you'll find I do rather frequently. Um, I will say now here at the top, if you are one of my small handful of listeners in New Zealand, it is unlikely that you'll learn anything from this particular ep, so I will forgive you for skipping it this time. So in this mini bonus pod, I'm going to talk about New Zealand's National Provincial Championship that has its double-headed final coming this weekend, with the championship division kicking off at 2.05 on Saturday, November 20th in Inglewood, uh, followed by the premiership division at 7.05 that evening, also on the North Island in Hamilton. So as I was looking at the maps, it occurred to me that one could potentially go to both of those matches. How good is that? I actually looked it up and found it would be about a three or three and a half hour drive, so it'd be cutting it pretty close, but you you could get there. You could catch it. Um, so, of course, those dates and times are New Zealand time. If you're planning to tune in, you're really going to have to look up the time difference because it's going to be a lot if you live anywhere like where I do. Uh, and quickly, uh, by the way, if you're not sure what I meant just now about the premiership and championship divisions, you might want to go back and just take a quick listen to a previous mini bonus episode entitled What's the Deal with NPC Rugby? What's a Ranfurly Shield? Which was published on September 30th. I'm also going to discuss the latest news from Super Rugby Pacific, the top-level competition in the Southern Hemisphere, featuring five teams based in New Zealand, five teams based in Australia, and now, for the first time, two teams representing the Pacific Islands, including Moana Pacifica and Fijian Drua. So Super Rugby has struggled with its own identity, I would say, over the last several years. I, for one, am very hopeful that things are starting to turn in the right direction. I'm really excited for this. Uh, In any event, if you have any questions or ideas, please reach out. I always love hearing from you. I am on Twitter. I am at of Scrum. I'm on Instagram at the Scrum of the Earth podcast. And you can always just shoot me an email at the Scrum of the Earth at gmail.com. And with all of that out of the way, let's get to it. So this was the first year that I managed to follow the National Provincial Championship, or NPC, and it truly has been great. So this coming Saturday, November 20th, will feature the finals, which are twofold. As I mentioned earlier, the NPC is a two-level competition Uh, Similar in format, but in my opinion, superior to the Gallagher Premiership in England. But what I mean by that is just that with the English Prem, you get a ton of coverage and can stream all the games and everything. But their championship division, one level down, is just a a thing in utter darkness where I am. There's no streaming services that carry any of those fixtures. And they just kind of don't talk about it. And anyway, scouring YouTube for that kind of stuff is always irksome, I would say. Um, and then you always end up finding some fans, shaky uh, like phone camera footage. But anyway, meanwhile, in the NPC, all the fixtures are televised by the same provider and the two divisions actually play each other occasionally, which I think is really cool. Um, as I say, there are similarities in other ways. For instance, uh, both the English Prem and the NPC decided to forego promotion and relegation this year. The main reason for which rhymes with Ovid. Uh, so in my last couple of pods, I incorrectly reported that Bay of Plenty were going to be relegated this year. So I'm, I'm happy to say I was wrong because with the, with all the canceled fixtures for the three teams based in the greater Auckland area, I mean, they just weren't afforded a fighting chance at all this year. So I have you know come to agree with the decision to scrap it for the nonce. I'm, I'm sure they're happy to know that I agree with, <laughs> agree with them. I'm sure they were losing sleep over it. 
Um, back in October, the MPC issued the following statement, which I missed until just recently. Promotion relegation has been scrapped from the National Provincial Rugby Championship this year amid the ongoing impact of COVID-19. <clears throat> the schedule of the rest of the season has been confirmed by New Zealand Rugby with the semifinals and finals to be held with the remaining 11 teams outside of the Auckland region. Last week, New Zealand Rugby announced the NPC would resume minus the three Auckland regional sides, Auckland North Harbour and Counties Manukau, who it's hoped will play in a super city competition. By the way, side note, what's up with that? Haven't heard anything about that. Uh, it goes on. The quote continues. The 11 teams outside of the Auckland region will play the remaining four weeks of round-robin matches with premiership and championships semifinals and finals scheduled for the second and third weekend of November. Yay, that's now. Uh, the first two weeks of the NPC were played in full before COVID-19 alert level restrictions saw the competition put on hold. In addition to the scheduled round-robin matches, there will be a non-competition match played each week featuring teams that were due to play the Auckland sides. I, I, I had sort of... I found myself really confused by the schedule the last few weeks, and that, that totally explained it. I wish I had caught this earlier. Uh, anyway, the last thing he said was, any additional non-competition matches hosted by the Rand Furley Shield holder will not be considered mandatory challenges. Um, again, the previous NPC pod explains that little bit. So when I was looking it up, it seemed to me that this was the 10th anniversary of this competition. It looked like the, the, like the first record I found was 2011, but... They never seemed to say anything about that. Like in any of the lead up to any of the matches I saw, of course, there's not much lead up, but you'd think it would be kind of splashed all over the place if it was a, a big, you know, round number like that. But so maybe I'm wrong about that. But um, the, the, as I say, the current format was announced back in 2011. It involves 10 games per season with each team playing five home and five away. As I've mentioned, that format was severely disrupted by the COVID outbreak in Auckland. So in many ways, this year was atypical of the contest. Uh, however, they're at the finish line now, and given the madness of the world at the moment, it's it, that's a mighty accomplishment on its own. And by the way, go Bowdoin-Waka this weekend. Uh, I can't wait to watch you play. It's going to be amazing. So, Super Rugby. Oh my gosh, where do I even begin? So, some of you might already know, Super Rugby was the very first competition I started following back when I first got into rugby, and so it always has a special place in my heart. Uh, as an avid listener of multiple rugby podcasts, I hear a lot of people, particularly in the Northern Hemisphere, slagging it off quite a bit. And, you know, while it certainly has its warts, it's still some of the best rugby you can find on the planet to me. Uh, over the last several years, Super Rugby has struggled. While all competitions were obviously massively disrupted by COVID, it impacted Super Rugby, rugby on many additional levels, I would say, because it was at the time an international and cross-continental competition. So when I started watching Super Rugby, there were teams from South Africa, most of which have now been absorbed into the rebranded uh, United Rugby Championship, um, as well as the Juarez, which was effectively the Pumas from Argentina. So obviously, even now, both those nations are in turmoil, with crowds still not allowed, as far as I know, in South Africa and, or in Argentina. And, you know, good or bad, I'm not sure where I, where I even going to shake down in the end but when argentina saw the writing on the wall the governing bodies basically told all their players y'all need to go work and look for work elsewhere because there isn't going to be any here um i guess the good side is many of those players did exactly that <clears throat> you see them sprinkled around europe which is great for them um but it's also meant that the pumas have become sort of a shadow of what they had been because their players just never get any time to train together anymore you know it was only just a few years ago that the Juarez made it to the final of, of super rugby Inevitably losing to the Crusaders, who are like the Leinster of New Zealand. Uh, according to Wikipedia, which, by the way, seems to need updating, the Crusaders have won the title 10 times 
with the next closest teams uh, claiming three each. So that is pretty historic level dominance. And uh, they do look to be as strong as ever coming into this next season. So once COVID hit, everything was shut down. But as you probably know, New Zealand really sort of tried to show the rest of the world how to properly respond to a global pandemic. And as a result, they were comparatively virus-free while the rest of the world was sort of brought to its knees. So this meant that things like rugby were actually still possible there. So they basically held an internal competition called Super Rugby Aotearoa. Aotearoa is the Maori word for New Zealand, most often translated as long white cloud, though I understand that is not an exact translation. Um, Australia also did an admirable job of locking down, so they too were able to put together a domestic comp, uh, which was less creatively named Super Rugby AU. Um, and though outbreaks were a constant headache, causing schedule disruptions and cancellations, and most notably, the Melbourne Rebels weren't, weren't even allowed back to Melbourne and therefore spent the entire competition on the road away from home. Um, the South African teams did something similar, though they couldn't have any crowds there. Um, they staged their internal Super Rugby Unlocked competition. The phrase unlocked seemed to make the entire world sort of scratch their heads. I, I thought it was pretty obvious that people were like, oh, what? Unlocked? Unlocked? Yeah, as opposed to locked down, like uh, they were making a lockdown reference. In any event, Super Rugby Aotearoa and Super Rugby AU were both exciting competitions, really exciting. And so as things uh, moved forward with the pandemic, Australia and New Zealand were able to combine these two competitions into the Super Rugby Trans-Tasman competition. Again, just in case you don't know, the Tasman is the marginal sea between Australia and New Zealand. It's often referred to as the ditch, uh, much in the same way a trip from the UK to the US is crossing the pond. Um, so the Trans-Tasman competition was great until it kind of became clear that all the New Zealand teams essentially were better than all the Aussie teams and um, kind of lost its luster there a little bit. People still really started to bust on it too, I thought, in the media or, you know, the, the podcasts I consume at least. Um, and, you know, no sport is fun when all the results are predictable. Um, so, of course, this year there's still no such thing as the Juarez and the South African teams have found a new home, but Super Rugby has found a new form of its own and will be a 12-team league going forward. So, as I said at the top, the latest iteration of the Super Rugby competition is being called Super Rugby Pacific. And as I said, it'll feature five teams from New Zealand, five from Australia, and now for the first time, two teams from the Pacific Islands. Those teams are Moana Pacifica and Fijian Drua. So it's my understanding that Fijian Drua will, will be based in Fiji, while Moana Pacifica will be based in New Zealand. Um, the five Aussie teams are the Brumbies, the Melbourne Rebels, the New South Wales Waratahs, the Queensland Reds, and the Western Force. Uh, the first four I listed there are all on the East Coast. If you sort of connected the dots, you'd have maybe two-thirds of a closed parentheses sign, while the Western Force are true to their name. They are as far away from the others as is physically possible while still being in the same country. Um, meanwhile, the New Zealand teams are the Blues, the Chiefs, and the Hurricanes on the North Island, and the Crusaders and the Highlanders on the South Island. So the Blues are the farthest north, and my beloved Highlanders are the farthest south. Uh, by the way, if you're confused by why a New Zealand-based franchise would call itself the Highlanders, there's actually a pretty good reason for it. Uh, their home city, Dunedin, was settled by a lot of Scots, and they wanted to model the new city after a very old one. So Dunedin comes from the Scots Gaelic word for Edinburgh, and the city, I'm told, is laid out as a replica. Kind of cool. I'd like to go check it out sometime. Uh, back to Moana Pacifica being based in New Zealand rather than in Samoa or on another island. So I did hear some chat about this being, in reality, a, a sort of a calculated and selfish move by New Zealand rugby because having all these players from Samoa and the multitudinous Pacific Islands living in New Zealand for the next three years, which is part of the agreement, um, that'll mean that they're all eligible for selection by the All Blacks. In other words, they get to expand their potential player pool 
while simultaneously, you know, cherry picking the best players away from these neighboring nations. Um, the people I've asked about this tend to downplay or dismiss this idea. And, you know, I decided I spend more than enough time being cynical in life. So I'm just going to go ahead and slap a smiley face on this and just enjoy the rugby. So Super Rugby Pacific will kick off in three months, specifically on February 18th. The first match of the new competition will feature Moana Pacifica traveling to Canberra to face the Brumbies, and I have to admit, I am already excited about it. So each of the 12 teams will play 14 matches in the regular season, and uh, they are at long last coordinating themed weekends across the entire competition. Yes, I, I know, that seems like something that they would have thought about before, maybe something that was covered in like the first week of Marketing 101, but... Rather than focus on what they didn't do right in the past, I'm going to concentrate on the positive steps that they're implementing now. For instance, as I mentioned earlier, the Rebels weren't actually able to play at home at all last year. So as a sort of a, like a let's give back to the community and let's reward those fans uh, you know, who missed out, they're doing what they're call, calling Super Round Melbourne on uh, February 25th through 27th. Uh, so that day, all 12 teams are going to play their matches at that same stadium in Melbourne. It's going to be like a giant rugby festival. It sounds incredible. There's at least four other themed weekends. There's going to be a women in rugby round in round three, a culture round in round six, the Anzac round in round 10. Uh, again, side note, Anzac, in case you don't know, stands for Australian and New Zealand Army Corps. And there'll be a heritage round in round 12, where each team will acknowledge their unique past, present, and future. The schedule was also designed to feature sort of rivalry weekends, uh, which I imagine will be kind of like the Christmas Derbies in what is now the URC. One last little sort of, I don't know, kind of odd little side note, uh, like a semi-subtle thing that I just particularly love. And maybe you're all going to be like, what? This is nuts. But remember, the seasons down in New Zealand and Australia are exactly opposite of what they are in Europe or where I live in Massachusetts. So if you are following more than one league like I am, you can, you know, pick your first match of the day and it's a snowstorm and then you pick the next match and everyone in the, the audience is sweating while wearing shorts and, and t-shirts and stuff. Like there's something so cool about that. You just get the, all the extremes of weather, even though to you, it's on the same day. It's a, it's a very subtle thing. Uh, I don't know why, but that kind of, it's always made it extra special for me. So go ahead and check out the two finals for the NPC this weekend. They're going to be great. Then set your clocks for February. It's going to be awesome. Okay, that does it for this mini bonus episode. I hope you've enjoyed it. It was really fun for me. Uh, thanks so much for listening, for sharing, and for leaving me a nice review, if you'd be so kind. As I've said, I'm on Twitter at of Scrum. I'm on Instagram at the Scrum of the Earth podcast. And you can always just shoot me an email at the Scrum of the Earth at gmail.com. However you want to, just reach out. I love it. Until next time, everyone, thanks, cheers, and be well. <laughs>